Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential. And as we continue these uh, top 10 tips series, this one is one that I know that everybody better listen to because we're going to talk about the top 10 tips for making sure basically when you're doing Zoom conferences and meetings that you don't suck. So that's just putting it, you know, in in the the lightest term. But joining me today is Dave Bricker. And I want to talk a little bit about uh, his background here. So you know that there's something in his bio that catches my attention if I actually read it from the page. So here we go. As a young man, Dave Bricker was inspired by the remarkable people he met in Miami's secret floating village, which I didn't even know there was a secret floating village, which I guess is because it's a secret. And uh, it's apparently a quarter mile offshore from Miami City Hall and has attracted world travelers, squatters, and dreamers. And then after that, somewhere, you know, after college, Dave decided to get in a tiny sailboat and travel all around the world. Now, here's a couple of the the points that I want to say. He set sail for the Bahamas with a full locker, with a locker full of food and dreams and $40 in his pocket. So we're going to have to talk about money management. His uh, voyages took him up and down the Bahamas, uh, up the East Coast to Chesapeake Bay, across the Atlantic to Gibraltar. Now, this is where it's funny. He ran aground. This is going to be like a movie trailer. He ran aground, dealt with mechanical breakdowns, got seasick more than once, slept in a volcano, which is clearly smart, survived powerful storms, and returned to the land of clocks and calendars with, with what he had gone in search of stories of his own. So Dave, um, like I said, that to me was like totally worth reading your entire intro. Dave, thank you so much for joining us today. I can't wait to learn more. It's an honor to be here today. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Now, what did I miss in your bio? Anything important that I need to (laughs) make sure I cover here? Because I think I've got your life story down. Well, the story's there. I guess the important part is it it really led me, it, it fueled my fascination with storytelling. And most everything I do today is an offshoot of storytelling. And I usually do that in a business context, but it's it's all about communication, whether you do it through public speaking, through technology, through music, through writing, uh, any number of different media that facilitate communication. It's all storytelling. Absolutely. And, and the stories that we tell and the ways we tell them are so very important. And of course, you and I know this from being, you know, public speakers and, 
you know, being on stages, if you don't have a good story, you don't have a captivated audience. And I think it's really interesting to me, you know, as we go into your top 10 tips for, you know, video conferencing and, and, you know, really living in kind of this world that we're in today is that six months ago, nobody thought about, you know, a virtual background or nobody really thought about, you know, how to make sure you, you show up appropriately on Zoom or what kind of books you have on the bookshelf behind you or whether or not you need a live plant or a fake plant. But these are really important things because we are, I don't think we're going to stop this anytime soon in terms of how much we work, you know, interactively on video. So, you know, tell me a little bit about why you're passionate about this. Well, I'm a, a, a professional speaker. I love public speaking and I love coaching public speakers. And of course, everybody in my industry has had their calendar wiped out by COVID-19. And mm -hmm. we've all had to make this quick switch to virtual speaking. And the first place you go is, okay, well, I'm gonna turn on my webcam and my microphone and just keep doing what I do. But the talking head thing, which is fine for what we're doing right now, we're having a conversation, right? But once you start giving presentations, there are all sorts of other levels that we want to be able to take this art form to. And this is new to everybody. I mean, we've all been on Skype for years or, or on Zoom for years. I know I have. Mm -hmm. But to actually make it your primary means of teaching and holding meetings, this is new. So how do we figure out what works and what doesn't work so that we can look as professional as possible? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really, it calls on us to be much more um, visually aware of, of so many different things to keep, keep people's attention because it's so easy on a Zoom call to just, you know, put your picture up and zoom out, you know, and kind of zone out in the process. And we, but we still have important meeting or we important business to conduct, and this is going to be our medium for a long time, you know, long term. Yeah, I think what's going to happen is when this whole COVID 19 thing is finally over, a lot of people are going to get called back into the office and they're going to say, Boss, if it's all the same to you, I've been productive at home and I'm going to mm -hmm. skip those two hours a day on the expressway I never got paid for. Yep. And then you're going to see other people who think, hmm, my office building's been shuttered for how many months now? I think I'm going to get out of this twenty dollars or $30,000 a month lease and run a virtual company and turn that money into profit. Mm -hmm. I think this is virtual speaking, virtual presentation, virtual meetings are here to stay, uh, regardless of how long the COVID-19 problem lasts. I agree. Absolutely. And I know that, uh, you know, with a very close friend of mine, his office space in downtown Philadelphia is they're actually uh, have already brought in architects to split it in half and say, we got to figure out somebody else to sublet it because we've got five more years on this. And we've already proven that our entire workforce can work remotely. So why would we do this? And frankly, I'd be surprised if they don't try and get rid of all the space. And, and that's just one of many, many stories we're going to see. I think we're going to see commercial real estate, that whole world's going to change. And you're going to see a lot of companies who say, we want the fourth floor every second Friday instead yeah. of, <laughs> we want the whole building full time. Uh, that's a good, oh, I never even thought of that. 
you know, just saying, you know, could, can give uh, shared workplaces a whole different vibe to say, here, you'll have your office, they'll be cleaned in between, and you can mm -hmm. pick a day or two a month to bring your entire team in. Oh, and that's now say, think about conferences, too. I know this is a bit of a tangent, but it ties into virtual speaking, because think about all of these meeting rooms we've been in in small hotels. Now, mm -hmm. if you wanted to go to a big conference with 1,500 people, you'd have to go to the big uh, convention center, the big hotel with all the rooms. Now, all of these hotels, I think, are going to equip their meeting rooms with cameras and screens. And we're going to have a lot of hybrid meetings where yes. the hotels that could never support a big conference are going to say, look, we can handle the 200 people who are going to be there in person. And then we've got all the facilities so that all of your remote attendees, your other 3,000 people who are going to attend from home or from their desk at the office, whatever it is, we're going to integrate this and we're going to see a lot of evolution in that space. I think that's, a, that's really brilliant. I hadn't thought about that. I, I, you know, like you said, all of our calendars were wiped out. And, you know, I've been, people ask me, when do you think the next time you'll be up on a stage is? And I'm like, well, the stage is now in my office until otherwise, because I think it's going to be 18 months before we start seeing large meetings. But you're absolutely right. There is such a great opportunity in that mixed meeting format now for even if the vaccine was out tomorrow, there's still going to be a lot of people who aren't comfortable going, but would like to participate in meetings. And maybe this will open the doors for people who didn't come before because they, you know, couldn't or didn't afford, you know, couldn't afford it or didn't want to travel places. Now we really do have a new opportunity to create something new. And it's going to bring some really interesting opportunities for small hotels and venues mm -hmm. that, again, normally wouldn't be able to support a big convention. And then when you go to the big hotels where they normally have two or three big conventions going at once, they're going to have the big challenge of figuring out yeah. how to get 20 or 30 going at once. Right. We'll see how it, all, how it all works out. But I think we've got some shifts. And in every shift, there are winners and losers. There are opportunities. And the people who guess right are going to do very well. But it's going to take a while. We have some uh, hunkering down to do for a while. And this is the mm -hmm. time for us to be learning our new skills and figuring out how to be sharp as media changes underneath our feet. I agree. And so we'll dive right into your top 10 tips for this. But before you start, I will just say that I, I don't even know how this came up. It was maybe a YouTube re, uh, re, uh, suggestion or something where somebody, you know, was in her meeting, her, you know, company Zoom meeting and just didn't even think about the fact she's walking around her house with her phone. And then she proceeds to go into the restroom. And I'm like, you'd think that that would be, you know, logical to not do that, but people forget how you're seen on this. So I don't know if one of your suggestions is don't go to the bathroom while you're on there, but. <laughs> well, I mean, this, though it's not really on my list, I think that it's one thing to be a passive attendee of a meeting and, and we all need to remember that we're on camera, but especially yeah. if you're a presenter, uh, presentation <laughs> skills are theater and you yeah. need to be aware that you are performing keep your finger out of your nose, uh, turn off your phone, which I forgot to do at the beginning of this meeting. I, I mean, pretended not to notice. <laughs> right, right. I mean, oh, quick, turn that off. I mean, we, we keep learning, we keep making mistakes. It's all right. No, nobody's perfect, right? But keep figuring out what do I need to be mindful of? How do I need to keep growing? Uh, little things. 
oh, I hear thunder. I better make somebody a co-host because if there's a big flash and my power goes out, I don't want to dissipate all my guests. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, I want somebody to keep that meeting going. Lots of oh. tips that we can learn that. I'm writing that one down. Yeah. <laughs> we call That's it a that. Great one. My friends and I, we call it, uh, who's, who's going to be the meeting monster? So, which, which is, imagine you're telling your child, you, know, you say, oh, I would love to play with you, but I can't. I have to be the meeting monitor today. And the child says, what's a meeting monster, daddy? And, <laughs> and so somebody to just, you know, keep things running, monitor the chat, uh, yes. mute people whose, whose yes. kids are screaming in the background, somebody else to run the meeting so that you can run your presentation. That is so true. And how many times will you be on a Zoom meeting and somebody, you know, forgets and that's all the noise and you're like, John, please mute. John, please, John, mute. And John's like, hey, I'll have a Wendy's three, you know, chicken McNugget meal. <laughs> yeah. Like, John, please. <laughs> and it's all variations on forgetting you're on camera, going into, uh, I was, I was attending a meeting via phone in the car just the other day. And I was, it was on a long road trip. And as I came across this bridge, uh, the George Washington bridge from New York to New Jersey, and right on the other side, the sky opened up and the sound of the rain against the windshield was so intense that the, the um, meeting uh, master had to mute my audio because <laughs> I was so busy with my hands on the wheel trying to stay on the road and dodge the trucks and things that I wasn't about to pull my phone out and start messing. No, you're like, please, so, somebody mute me now. Right, right. right. <laughs> so you never know what's going to happen, but but playing with the microphone and, and just keeping things running smoothly so the presenter can focus on the presentation. Absolutely. Well, let's tell, tell, tell us about your top 10 tips. I can't wait to get into this. All right, tip number one, virtual backgrounds are lame. And <laughs> I, <laughs> now I'm using a background, but I have a screen, a green screen behind me. And it's, it's very important to be able to do these things with a green screen, because we've all seen what happens when somebody is speaking and their hair disappears or their right hand disappears or there are all of these frills and things so so here's here's the real me i've just got a green curtain behind me and mm -hmm. i can i can switch to to whatever i want right uh, uh simple gradient uh, i can put video behind me which which gets obnoxious and distracting in its own way so something simple that focuses on me Mm -hmm. But if you use the virtual background that's built into Zoom and some of the other software, it tends not to give you, uh, I mean, I can move around and, and, mm -hmm. and not have things disappear. As long as I don't wear green, everything works. It's not expensive to do, but I do have lights that light the green screen and lights in front mm -hmm. of me. And look, this costs less than airfare to a traditional speaking gig. Oh, it's yeah. not that big a deal to set up. And yeah, there's a learning curve, but uh, a, a digital background is fine. But to me, the, the backgrounds that are the virtual background that's built into Zoom and some of the other meeting software, it, to me, it's like the checkerboard transition in PowerPoint. It's kind of cute <laughs> to look at it once and then don't use it. It's lame. <laughs> <laughs> I so agree. Although I do crack up when people are like, I'm on the Millennial Falcon. I'm like, they're the Millennium Falcon. All right, lovely. You know, All right. It's fun for a minute. So tip number two, your laptop is a marriage of convenience. 
And we know what happens over the long term with marriages of convenience. They don't work. <laughs> now, the camera and the keyboard and the microphone in your laptop are all conveniently located within a foot of one another. Mm -hmm. But if you want to back up a little bit and fill the screen so that your hands can be seen, now your microphone that's built into the top of the screen is picking up more ambient noise in the room. It's adjusting automatically to compensate for your voice. Now I've got a lavalier mic here. I can get as far away from my machine, from my camera as, as the cable allows. And if I get a wireless one, I can get ridiculously far away. So by decoupling these things, another thing, what about your keyboard? It's built into your laptop and you can only get so far away from the screen before. So get a $25 Bluetooth keyboard that you can keep if you need to be farther away from the screen because this whole idea of camera proximity where here I'm speaking to you and then I can say, now let me give you a tip. I can come right up into the camera, right? It's another performance variable that's different than being on a stage. So decoupling, divorcing these components, the microphone, and also they're not very good components. They're great for video chatting for what we're doing now, but for performing, for really giving yeah. a presentation, better camera, better microphone makes a difference. Break those yeah, things. I found that, you know, just even I use my little blue microphone, which the sound quality is so much better. And I remember and I'm like, okay, now I'm going to be fancy and I get a webcam. And so every once in a while I'll forget and I'll put it, you know, I'll turn on and I'll be like over here. Forget uh -huh. So then you see my lights, you see all those other things. But the, the um, quality of having good camera and a good microphone makes so much of a difference. So you're, you're avoiding those things of like, well, we can't hear you and, uh, or it's a lot of static or it's just not good. Many people's laptop uh, microphones especially are just not good. And it's, and it's an interesting phenomenon because most of us are visual learners, but the quality of the audio is actually more important than the quality of the video. Yeah. And if we're looking at a low res web camera, if the, if the, Color's okay and the sharpness is okay, we can live with it. But if the audio gets muffled or distorted, then it's, it's very irritating. And when we work on things like highlight reels for speakers or commercials, that crisp audio track is even more important than the visuals. It's just Absolutely. a co cognitive thing that, that I always found interesting. I'll have to ask you then, this is totally on the same thing. So I use, when I'm taping other things, when I'm taping off my phone, I have a uh, remote uh, road mic. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, but I, I haven't figured out how to uh, connect that with if I'm doing a Zoom meeting and yet. So maybe I'll All right. pick your brain on maybe that Maybe we later. can take that. We can play with that <laughs> after the session. <laughs> exactly. I was like, hmm, maybe that would be better than even my, uh, even better than my blue. Right. And you hear the difference when you talk right into it versus, mm -hmm. you know, right? All of these different, different <laughs> factors and different kinds of mics. But yeah, it's great. So number three is let's lighten up people. And by, what I mean by that is let's get some good lights because I see people, for example, they're presenting in front of a window and all we see is their silhouette because they're backlit or they've got wall lamps behind them and we see these strange technological <laughs> antlers coming out of their head or a ceiling fan spinning on top of their head. 
all of these background things, but, but good lights. And that means some small lights in front of you with diffusion screens. Anything with a bright spot, like a light bulb, is A, blinding to look at, and B, tends to create hot spots on your forehead and, and your nose, things like that. I actually have a, a small, I have one LED panel. It's about, I don't know, five by seven. And it's white. It's not just the bright LEDs. You can see there's mm -hmm. a white plastic filter or diffusion screen in front of it. And what we want is small sources of diffuse spread out light. And then I have another one. And I don't have all this fancy expensive gear. I use what I have around. So I have this small LED light, super bright, and I have folded a paper towel over about four times and rubber banded it around the front. It's a perfect diffusion screen. And that's the <laughs> one that you see right there, just, just with a little fill in, right? Yep. And so I've got two lights in front of me and then I have separate lights behind me to light that green screen. Mm -hmm. And the more consistent green you can get, the, the better off the software is gonna be at figuring out what's background and what's you. Yeah, it's really interesting when you get on a call. So I now have, I have two like standing, um, you know, these guys, big guys. And then I have a giant like 18 inch ring light. Um, and then I have a little, you know, another one diffuse. And sometimes I have to unscrew light bulbs on my ceiling, depending on, you know, what I'm doing. But, you know, I've kind of gotten through trial and error to find what I feel lights up, you know, my space best. But what's really disappointing is when you're on with someone and they are so dark, they're so dark and you're like, I want to see your face. Because, or they're washy. Yeah. And I'm like, part of building trust in this, in this video environment is being able to still see somebody in their eyes and to, you know, be able to see their whole expression. And when we don't, light it up especially you know there's so much that's lost there it just just does not have i mean it's we're going to have a hard time replacing that personal connection anyway but you know it just makes it that much more challenging in a video based environment yeah and you get people you know they'll they'll spend a thousand dollars on heels a pair of heels to wear the office or God knows what they spend on their hairdresser every year, but they won't spend a couple of hundred bucks on lights to really look sharp on the screen, even though they're now barefoot when they're presenting and nobody knows. And it's just- How did, how did you know? They're, uh, they're right here on the yeah. side. They're not a thousand bucks though. Right. <laughs> but you know, or the sport jacket or whatever, people put a lot of money in professional fashion. Well, this is the new office fashion. This is the new black, right? And yeah. there are so many opportunities. It's not about competing with people, but if you want to be a presenter, you need to look like a leader. You need to look sharp. And it's just not that hard to be properly lit, which means lighting your screen, lighting yourself, uh, better camera than the low low res version. All of these little things are incremental steps upward in your overall professional appearance. And you Absolutely. mentioned ring lights, and you have to be very careful because you see a lot of people with with uh, rings in the glasses. Oh, as a matter of fact, <laughs> right? You see these strange rings. As a matter of fact, I have my. I just realized I had my glasses on. <laughs> yeah, and you know so. And they, it's funny, these are the glasses I, I'm going to let, let you in on a secret I rarely let people in on, but because we're talking about presentation, I wear reading glasses, but everybody always said, oh, I love your John Lennon glasses. I love your Harry Potter glasses. They've kind of become sort of a, of a 
you know, a brand for me. So I always wear the glasses when I present, but when I'm on, they're reading glasses. So the farther away, you know, they're difficult. So these are my pair with no lenses that I, <laughs> and I, ne and I never get, I never get glare. So if the glasses are a part of your look, then <laughs> it's awesome. do what you need to do because I find the anti-glare glasses don't always work very well. That's really good. I didn't know. Do I have a glare? Can you see my ring lights in my glasses? No, I can't. So you've okay, got to be at the right angle and, and all of that. <laughs> I totally forgot that I was wearing my glasses. I usually don't taper them on, but I'm like, eh. yeah. <laughs> okay. I love it. So little tips, whatever you need to do, whatever you're, I mean, I never cared about the glasses, but everybody, when I present every, oh, the, you've got those nerdy glasses. I love them. Okay. Well, here we go. <laughs> How am I going to work this thing out? And so, so do what you need to do to make your appearance happen on screen. Tip number four, take control. There mm -hmm. is software and you can look it up. Your webcam, if you've got a third party webcam, it may have come with software. For Mac, there's something called eyeglasses from ecam, ecamm.com. And you can start adjusting the brightness, the contrast, things like that. So instead of just using the default signal that comes in from your webcam, get some software that allows you to control the scale, the zoom, the, um, you know, take control of your appearance. You would, you would make adjustments on a camera, right? right. Or, or you would take the picture and maybe go into Photoshop or some image editing software and make some adjustments later. But this software is, there's even free, I think it's called webcam control or something like that for PC. Uh, um, but look, look up webcam software. And I know Logitech, which is the popular maker of webcams, they have their own mm -hmm. software. People love it, people hate it, but get something where you can take control over your appearance. Well, I have a Logitech. That's, I'm uh, making myself a note to check that out yeah. right after. Although your color's pretty good, right? So, I mean, you got good lights and you've, uh, and you've got that marvelous hair. <laughs> so, right? <laughs> And it'll it'll work great. It'll work great against a green screen. So you're 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 in good shape. Green hair, you'd have to use a blue screen. Exactly. But you don't have that problem. <laughs> and then compare and contrast is tip number five. And all I'm suggesting is when you're at a meeting, look at the other people in the meeting. When we've got that mm -hmm. Hollywood Square slash Brady Bunch bunch of boxes of videos. Take a look at people. Take a look at yourself. Who's too bright? Who's too dark? Who's got a bunch of junk in the background? Mm -hmm. Who's got their underwear hanging on the doorknob? <laughs> Who's got, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> take a look and just compare and contrast your appearance with the appearance of other people on the screen. And you'll find that the bar is not very high, but just by becoming observant, uh, it's always easier to critique other people than it is yourself, right? It's human yes. nature. So find those flaws and find the strengths in what other people are doing on screen. Take a few notes. And if you get stuck, I wonder how they're doing that. Ask them. You know, I, don't, I, I don't think a lot of people are being, you know, these are my secret Zoom recipes. I'm not going <laughs> to. And if, and if they're a jerk, ask somebody else. But people are all growing in this and they're willing to share and uh, commiserate. I agree. I agree. 
Now, step number six, stop apologizing. Love means never having to say you're sorry. And something <laughs> I see on screen all the time is, uh, oh, oh, Hank, I'm, I'm sorry, I forgot to, uh, am I muted? I forgot to unmute my mic. You're always apologizing. We're always making excuses. Uh, oh, oh, let me adjust this. Oh, can you guys see my PowerPoint yet? I'm sharing my screen. Can you all see it? All of these little apologies and things. If you hit screen share and it says you're sharing your screen, go for it. And your viewers will stop you and say, Dave, I don't think uh, we can't see your screen. Oh, I'm, okay. Let me get back and fix that. But the less hemming and hawing and apologizing we do, yes, stuff is going to screw up. Guaranteed. It will in any presentation. And all of these screw-ups are rites of passage. Sooner or later, you're going to bomb. Sooner or later, the projector is not going to work. Sooner or later, in virtual presentation, you're going to have a software glitch or a power failure. Rites yeah. of passage. And if you handle these things calmly, with a sense of humor and with some grace and some dignity, your audience is going to be much more impressed by that than they are with your apology. Nobody you likes know, excuses. As you were talking, it was reminding me of, you know, I don't know, however many years ago when we, you know, all laugh at when people would get on conference calls and, you know, the first five minutes was Bob here, Ann here. Oh, so, and people talking over each other and, you know, that chaos of, of the conference call. And, you know, somebody would ask a question and somebody would say, oh, no, go ahead, Bob. No, no. Okay, well, what I was going to say, and, and all this chaos, you're right, now we have a different kind of chaos that involves a lot of people nervous about the technology. And so, therefore, doing a lot of apologizing, which takes away from just get to the message or get to your point. Let's just get to it and forget about whether it's perfect or not. You know, it's, it's interesting because you talk about nervous about the technology and I think most people are terrified of public speaking. Most people are terrified of any form of presentation, whether it's virtual or live. And hey, if you're experiencing that, welcome to being human. You're normal <laughs> and it's okay. So you're gonna experience that anxiety. You're gonna experience the fear. I find as someone who's done a lot of presentations, I come into the presentation with excitement and sometimes I'm really surprised by the adrenaline rush I get when it's over. It's like a delayed reaction. But there's always, you're speaking, you're gonna be nervous if you're most people. So just mm -hmm. assume that you're gonna be dealing with that nervousness and put it aside because the best presenters turn nervous into service. Think about your message for your audience, the value you have to offer to that audience when you're presenting and make it about them and not about you. And that nervousness doesn't have to be something you apologize for. Yeah, because as you, the more we do anything, the more, you know, it's less anxiety in the beginning. I was just thinking about the fact that beginning today, I'm going to start doing some uh, Facebook lives and Instagram lives. Uh, on a couple different things. And, you know, I've done a couple, but I haven't done a lot. I, there's no reason for me to be nervous about it. I have no, no worries about what I'm going to say. But the technology, even though I feel very comfortable doing all this, is going to be the, I mean, I'm going to do it on a different kind of platform now. So I'm streaming out, but it's interesting that all day I was like, okay, you know, you got this. You're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. I'm and, talking myself up. Yeah. And look, something's going to screw up. 
Yes. Because it's technology and that's what technology does. And you go, oh, forgot to, forgot to turn my mic on. Let's try this again. And you laugh <laughs> it off and you move on because there, there's always, always another disaster around the corner. And exactly. I think that what can you do but embrace it? Exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I have a shout out. Uh, a, fr a friend of mine, Kelly Swanson, is a wonderful storytelling speaker. And she literally fell off the stage in front of an audience. And of course, people That's were very- story. And she got up, she picked herself up and she said, I will now take questions from the floor. And she just turned it into a great joke. She said, I've been waiting years to use that joke. I just never thought I'd be able to, but pick it up, have some fun with it. Stuff is, is gonna awesome. happen to you. and And- I've heard so many stories of this, the speaker got up to speak, but her skirt did not. You know, I mean, mm. stuff happens, these embarrassing moments. And what professionals do is they just, what are you gonna do? You can laugh about it or you can cry about it. Which do you prefer? Mm, don't let me forget when we're done with your top 10 tips, I'll, I have a few <laughs> stories to share with you. I'll share at the very end, it's worth listening to. <laughs> All right. So number six was stop apologizing. Number seven is practice social distancing. And what I mean by that is it's very interesting because we're having this conversation and I'm looking at your face and my monitor is what? Arm's length, maybe a little bit farther away. I'm backed up more than I might normally be. So I can use my hands a little bit as a presenter. But if you and I were that close in person and what happens is we're up in each other's face which tends to make us a little bit more timid as presenters. And it, what if I want to make a point? What if I want to rant and rave and get big? If I do that in somebody's face, it's very confrontational. And we need to remember that we're psychologically, part of us is saying, don't be confrontational. Back up, you know, keep it cool, keep it down, use your inside voice. And we start chopping off our range as presenters and we need to retrain the way we think. These people are not two feet away, even though their face may be, they're in other buildings in other cities and other countries. And you're not gonna offend them if you, if you speak out and then get small and light and you know, and quiet and use your range as a speaker because that's where interesting presentations come from. That's really great too. And even the sense of coming closer, like you said, you know, I'm going to tell you a secret. Yeah. You know, th that uh, this is not just a two-dimensional uh, only way to interact with people. Yeah. Yes, it's two-dimensional, but at the same time, we can bring our, ourselves and our personalities in. But I hadn't thought about that. I think you're right. I think there's a tendency to feel like, well, I'm presenting, so therefore, in this new and unique environment, I must present in this way <laughs> instead yeah, and of you remembering. Can, you can use that stagecraft. And all mm -hmm. of these little things, like I could say, well, you know, I sailed across the ocean and I slept in a volcano and I married the princess. Well, I didn't really marry the princess, but you know, so you, you get in there like that little cupped hand, like, let me share the real story with you, the little secret. And you, you get these camera proximity tricks you can do that. Yeah. So use this new medium and explore the possibilities of it. Love it. Love it. It's, it's fun. Now, I'm not doing this at the moment because I'm not <laughs> giving a presentation, but stand and deliver. If you've got a microphone and a green screen and enough room, now at very least, 
get a swiveling chair. See, I can move myself left and right just by swiveling my chair. But by standing up, first of all, I'm not sitting on my diaphragm. I've got much better vocalization. And then let's say that I want to take somebody on a journey and let's start in the past and let's move to the present and let's figure out what's gonna happen in the future. And just by swiveling my chair, I can move across the stage and I can do it in a chair, but if I'm actually on my feet, then you know, even if I'm just showing the waist up, there's much more room to keep my hands in the shot. And mm -hmm. you know, I mean, if the, if the fish is this big, great. If the fish is this big, but if the fish is this big, it doesn't mean anything to the audience, right? So give yourself that five or six feet of stage room to, to walk across and mm -hmm. stand and deliver. And which really ties into number nine about anchoring those important points on the stage. I suppose these are, are closely related, but anchoring a story in past, present, and future, talking about, well, you know, I used to be this and I used to be that, and I had these problems, and you know, oh, I used to be so conceited and and now I'm perfect, you know, whatever it may be. Or, you're, you're, use, you're anchoring your points on a timeline. You're anchoring your points on a journey. And even if all you do is swivel your chair, it helps people visualize. Because otherwise, we're standing here and you know, we're just talking heads again. Even in this small space, that's why the book is called Speak Inside the Box. And even <laughs> in this small space, there's a lot of room to perform if we just think about not just what we're going to say, but how we're going to say it. Mm, love it. And? Point number 10. You never know who's in the room. And I have heard so many stories about speakers who, for whatever reason, did, decided to do a free presentation for a good cause or whatever it was. And somebody in the room heard the presentation and said, I want to book you for 10 presentations or whatever it is. You never know who's there. So even if you feel, okay, I'm going to do a workshop as a favor. I'm going to do a workshop um, for practice, whatever it might be. As we adapt to this new meeting, always give it your all, give it your best because there might be somebody in the room who says, you know, I'm with XYZ corporate you know, corporation and we're a fortune 100 and God, we'd love you to come in and do a bunch of workshops for our team. Uh, we're all trying to adapt to this technology, whatever it may be. You never know who's in the room. Even if there's five or six people in the room, you don't necessarily know who they are. Make sure they leave impressed. Mm -hmm. Well, and even within your own company, you know, if you're presenting or you're having a meeting with your own company, what you do on screen tells volumes about your professional potential, about you know who you are as a as a in, uh, in terms of your um, level of detail, attention to detail. You know, it, it tells so much about you, and I think that people are forgetting that this is a whole other realm. We're not going to have, at least for a long time, you know, the same kind of office environments to prove your worth by showing up. You know before everybody else does and being the first of the coffee you know, maker or last one to leave the office. This is about how you present and represent yourself and your company also. 
in a completely new common medium and it can make or break people's careers. I think, I think it's Absolutely. really important. And I also have one bonus tip, which is a real simple one. I'd love to throw in because the webcam is usually at the top of your screen and I'm in a temporary office at the moment. I'm not in my home office because home is Miami and Miami is a Petri dish right now. So I'm mm -hmm. up at a friend's place in North Carolina. And my camera right now, because of the height of my tripod is about this high above the top of my screen. So when I look at my camera, I'm not looking at your face directly. And we have to get used to the idea of looking at the camera rather than looking into the eyes of the person in the screen. And what I find is interesting is find a magazine, remember paper magazines, they still exist. Cut out some eyes of whatever gender you are most attracted to and paste them right near the lens of your webcam, either on the top <laughs> of your lens or on your camera so that you're looking into those eyes. And especially it's, you know, if it's, if they are eyes you find attractive, there will be very natural instincts to try to impress. Subconscious. Dave, that was worth, I mean, all your tips were great. That was worth everything. <laughs> Jean-Luc Picard is going to be up there right now. Right, right, right. <laughs> there you go. What, whatever works, right? For, for anybody, just put some attractive eyes up there and look into those eyes. Oh my, that's really good. Okay, so Costs I promise you nothing. I've got to tell you, but my a glue friend. stick and a, and a magazine. There you go, and a magazine. I've got to tell you my funny story though, because uh, it is—it's one of those where you know you you don't maybe not even just you don't know who's in the room, but making the most of a situation that you wish you could go back and do differently. Um, years years ago, I worked for a student travel company, people to people student ambassadors. And so I, my job was I traveled all around the country and I spoke to uh, groups of kids and their parents from uh, sixth grade through high school. And I would have this 90 minute presentation, uh, you know, and the goal was to get them to send their kids on these, you know, crazy expensive uh, trips with us around the world. And I was, I had been on the road for 14 days straight. It was my last, uh, presentation in Boulder, Colorado with junior high students. And I had, I don't know, six, 700 people in the room. And so, you know, there's, you know, there's a flow to the sales presentation, you know, there's an intro, there's a video when it wasn't a video, then it was actually on a, you know, it's almost right. like a, you know, talkie movie. Um, and uh, so then I'd have, you know, then I'd talk about the itineraries and all that. And so I had my shtick, you know, I had my jokes that I would insert, or I had my little points. And so I would, Usually at this one point, I would say, this is a great opportunity for your student to spread their wings, or I might say to stretch their legs. <clears throat> <laughs> you mixed those up, did you? Oh, yes. I said, <laughs> this is a great opportunity for your student to spread their legs. Oh, God. And I did not realize I said it. I kept going on and on. And then I looked out in the room and I saw people laughing and I saw people going, oh, my gosh. And I, you know, when your brain catches up with your mm -hmm. mouth? And I went, oh, did I say something wrong? And the whole room just exploded in laughter. And I remember I just put my head down on the podium and I'm like, spread their wings, yes. stretch their legs. And then I repeated it over and over again. And I said, I'm so sorry. And I thought this is going to be terrible. I had- They loved you for it. You probably up. had- 
oh yes they were lined up like that was hilarious do you do that in all of yours i'm like no it was a mistake i had no but i'm going to next time i'm going to do it again and pretend it was a mistake (laughs) i had like a 70 percent sales conversion and when usually you got about 40 so (laughs) you know it's, it's funny how things like that work some of the best email headlines you can use some of the stickiest headlines are i screwed up Everybody. (laughs) Funny how people work. Oh, Dave, goodness. We went way longer than I usually do. This was just so much fun and so much great information. I could talk to you all day. Oh, now I know we'll have all of your contact details in the show notes, but in case somebody just wants to look you up right now, what's the best way for them to reach you? The best way to reach me is StorySailing, S-A-I-L-I-N-G, StorySailing.com. I've got a blog. You can sign up for my mailing list. It goes out every two weeks. The sign up forms at the bottom of the articles because I assume that nobody's going to sign up until they've read one. And then <laughs> it's, it's presentation skills. It's storytelling tips. It's a little fun on the holidays, but I keep, keep it light and geeky and uh, it's fun stuff. And then I also do on, right now it's on Sundays. I might move it but check out publicspeakersmasterclass.com. And anyone interested in public speaking skills, whether you're trying to polish a Toastmasters speech for a contest or trying to work up uh, uh, the guts to do your first speech, you want to work on the writing, we do a little bit of of everything on that session. It's 90 minutes every Sunday at 1.30 Eastern, publicspeakersmasterclass.com. Lovely. Well, thank you so much. And before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? My last word would be understand that this is a journey, not a destination. You're going to get better. You're going to hit pitfalls. You're going to realize you've been doing it wrong for a lot longer than you thought. Embrace the journey, embrace the challenges. And as you develop your virtual presence, work on your traditional skills, work on your technological skills, embrace the setbacks, enjoy the journey. You'll get there. Just not to any particular place, but better. And there's always (laughs) new levels of that. Amen. I love it. Dave, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you and I look forward to keeping connected. Completely fun. I do it anytime. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.